This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and whether or not it's going to screw it. Austin, it's been two months since we did an episode, but you have you can't just not say the episode name what or the mean? show name. P- people know what show they're listening to. They've tuned in. No, they've downloaded it, but this they could have not listened to this for months. They've tuned in on their radio boxes, and now they're ready for a story. We've never not started an episode by saying, hello and welcome to Robot Congress. <laughs> uh, I'm Ryan Morrison. And I'm all... Oh, no. I, oh, I was, <laughs> <laughs> you can't just not do it anymore. Yes, we've been gone for, for almost two months. It was a completely unexpected break. We all had different personal issues pop Psychotic up. We breaks. all had to travel. The Game Developers Conference was up where we get to see all of our clients and friends, not mutually exclusive. Now we're back and I am just getting over the flu. I finished the flu by getting strep throat, so I'm just getting over that right now. I never get sick, and I have the two worst kind of sicknesses you can have without it being, like, people feel bad for you sick. Polio. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, recovering I don't pity you. No, no one does. And my, my throat is still on fire, but I'm going to power through because I think one more week of no robot Congress is just, it's too much. You know it's what they too, say, too far. seven weeks is just on the tip of it, but eight weeks, that's way over the line. I always said when I was growing up, seven weeks is just on the tip of it, but eight weeks is over the line. I, I think I had that <laughs> on a tip. Out. So, hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. I'm Ryan O'Connor. With me, as always, is <laughs> Austin Hoffman and Ryan O'Connor. And today we're going to admit something to you. Uh, we probably lost all the old episodes. Oh, so the you're back- admitting this to me now. Yeah, the backlog oh. that everyone's asking for. Uh, we had about 20 episodes that we 20? switched over. 30, oh, that, that 40. got moved over. Okay. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot that got moved over, but there's at least 20 that are on a hard drive that I, I am currently trying to have recovered, and we'll have them maybe. But if not, oh who knows? God. We're back now, and we're going to touch on the— cloud is a solution. Do you pay for, like, Google Storage? Do you pay well, for I, a, a drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was on the old service we used to use, and then we switched, and I had like three months to switch it, but I was busy, so I uh, forgot to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to be honest. The secret conspiracy of this is I deleted them all because I don't want any episodes with just you and Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the rub. Wow, that's, that's uh, insidious. You can Ooh. still hear a couple episodes with just Austin and myself, and, and uh, definitely our best episodes. Oh, definitely and, our best episodes, sure. But the first episode we ever did, Austin, was on artificial intelligence, and yes. I think we're going to do it again. And it's been a while. It's been almost two years since we did this. How insane uh, is that? It's crazy because I remember sitting at a bar with you right before we 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 rented a studio to film the pilot for Headgum and we were gonna we were in there we we didn't even know what we were gonna talk about we really we didn't lunch. know I think I had a some kind of this is all a lie Austin doesn't drink this it is was, a lie well, well that's what no really we were at a bar and he got food and I got whiskey. And then we, uh, I actually made him take a shot because he was so nervous the first time we did it. I was very nervous. I was sweating. And we went into a real, you know, professional studio that he had never been in before. And there was a lot of people and life happening there. And uh, what he didn't expect was a producer was going to be sitting in and listening the whole time. So it wasn't just like him and I joking around on a a microphone. It was somebody just staring at Austin the whole time. (laughs) And it was great. He did a great job. We we had the choice to stare at the back of my head or the front of my face. And I think I ended up sitting with my back to him because Morrison suggested that. Probably a good idea. Yeah, and then I kept just like looking at him, but just so you could see me see him. And it was great. Uh, but I remember sitting before I, – I wish I could remember the, the other names this show almost had 
because you did not like Robot Congress. I at did first. not. No. And then we were sitting there and we had nothing to do and we had to give the guy at the studio a name. The only name that we had both not entirely hated was Robot Congress, yeah. but we were far from in love with it. And then the artist sent us the uh, the logo that we now use, when and it we was saw the logo. When yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know when I saw the logo. I'm like, oh, that's that's really good. That's hundred percent. Do you remember any of the other names? No. Uh, I don't remember them. Uh, trending <laughs> topics with April Good. Nope. What? What's that from? I don't know. I just made it up. And speaking of Robot Congress, it's a good segue for today's segment. As we said, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. It's something that actually comes up a lot more than you might think in the legal community right now, as we're trying to figure out who is going to be responsible as computers get smarter for when they do things that are illegal or immoral or whatever. And it's as we're now working with all these people that are building these programs and building these AI, what are their obligations? What are the rules they have to follow? And the answer might surprise you. Ooh. Wait, so what's the answer? Um, it's not that surprising, actually. They have to. Uh... <laughs> Don't go into it right away. That's not how clickbait works. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. We're going to go through it all. Uh, but first things first. So do AIs have rights themselves? And the answer is obviously no. That will change. I very much believe that. But right now, Siri does not have rights. Alexa does not have rights. Your iPhone does not have rights, which I guess would be Siri. But you know what I mean? There's there's no uh, computer program out there sitting currently that ha has rights as recognized by a government. Now, that said, there's been a lot of exceptions to that or 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 places where computers were given some kind of special treatment. But we're going to get into that a little bit more down the road. And once again, I apologize that my voice is awful as I get over these oh, sicknesses. Oh, you're fine. You're a beautiful person. Thank you. It's not like uh, it's not great normally. Yeah. Next is uh, the, the creators of these programs. Do they have any liability? Uh, a really interesting case just happened in Sweden, I believe, where these three programmers created a computer program that its entire purpose was to go onto the dark web and buy things at random. Now, obviously, a lot of things on the dark web are illegal. So you they gave this, obviously a lot of obviously a lot of things on the dark web are illegal. So they gave this computer program basically 100 bitcoins and said, go on there and go crazy. And crazy bitcoins. it went. 100 bitcoins? Who has 100 bitcoins? I think these guys were artists. Well, maybe they're loaded artists, like the like, uh, like no artist in history ever at the time. I don't of know. Don't doing question that. things I didn't read. We're going to mess around. I, no, wait. Okay. So, so I'm an eccentric billionaire. I want to create bitcoins on the dark web. And just yeah, all right. Whatever. I don't. I think it was 100 bitcoins. It really doesn't matter. I'm not looking it up again. The long story short is the computer program went on the dark web as its programmers programmed it to do. And it bought a bunch of things at random. It, it bought some it bought some shoes. It bought some books. And then it also bought some cocaine. And the question then became, who's responsible for this? Who's liable for this? I might not agree with the answer, but the answer that the Swedish police came up with was no one. They said that uh, the cocaine was clearly not bought intentionally by the people, even though they programmed the computer to buy things at random on the dark web. It said the computer that bought the cocaine could not use it itself, so it wasn't committing any crime that way. And no one was in trouble. The police let everybody go. And what's interesting is they gave all of the things it bought back to those programmers. They gave the program itself back to those programmers, <laughs> but not the cocaine. I was uh, about to say, so they, they're oh, like, oh, okay. drug dealer, you can have your cocaine back. We, we no, they, they kept the cocaine, but it's interesting because they basically admitted in one hand that, hey, this is all for the programmers. This is all their property. And not only that, but this program that did the buying is for is their property as well. And they said, but it doesn't matter with the cocaine. We're not going to put them in trouble. And that's not theirs. 
Uh, it, it's just it, so long story short, it's the only time this has been tested that dramatically. And it the test results aren't very conclusive for I the mean, rest yeah, of the world guys, or the, future These guys decisions. were not trying to create a precedent. Do you think that it was just secretly the Swedish police trying to buy cocaine off the dark web? That <laughs> <laughs> was just some friends. I mean, that's a really grand plan. Now they don't even have to pay for it. But that's all really neither here nor there because that program didn't know what it was doing. It was programmed to act as random. And again, it's just kind of a silly example on, on the – the grand scheme of things showing that sometimes something like this can happen because humans are idiots and will program computers to do stupid things. The question that all of our legislators are going to have to, to figure out, which is unfortunate with our current group of legislators, is who is responsible if an AI does something illegal? And it's not a philosophical conversation. This is something we're going to have to figure out. So I program a computer to murder Austin. The computer murders Austin. I have pretty much one for one directly caused Austin's death. If I instead program a computer to keep Austin's house clean, then fire. Okay, let's say it figures out the best way to keep your house clean is to kill you, because if you're not alive, you won't make any mess. That's a great idea. Now I've not done something wrong. I've programmed a computer to assist you and help you and clean your house. The computer on its own determined Austin is too dirty to live and kills you. <laughs> oh, so Who's liable that, seems, I, that seems like criminal negligence to me. Cause I knew how disgusting you were. <laughs> no, cause you did. Cause you didn't think about the consequences of your actions, but I did. I programmed a computer to clean. Yes, but you didn't think about telling it to not kill me. Fair. And maybe that's an interesting point. As silly as that sounds, maybe in fact, that's kind of where I think things are going to go. I don't think we're we're anywhere close to the idea of punishing that machine. I think what we're going to do is if you're going to create self-aware or self-learning artificial intelligence, you're going to be tasked with making sure that it doesn't it's not able to reach the point of killing things or hurting people or making those kind of determinations. That's going to be hard to do if something is truly self-learning and self-aware. It, I don't know if we're going to have to see kind of what Star Wars had with the uh, mandatory memory wipes and things like that kind of. Hey, you've learned too much. Let's start over before this gets scary. Uh, that's possible. You know, it's it's. We don't want to deal with the consequences for sure. I mean, C three PO. Look at C three PO. It's a really interesting example. It can that ever exist? It, it just in your opinions, can C three PO ever exist? This is a robot. I don't think that, so. Well, well, but just let's go over the idea of what C-3PO is, even. he. We know what C-3PO is. He's human cyborg relations, fluent in over six million forms of communications, and can also speak bocce. <laughs> That's right. That's bocce is the trade language. It's important. It is? Yes, it's like speaking English or French. It's the reason why they didn't buy that other cylindrical droid. They bought well, R2-D2 well, more, and him. But more importantly, C-3PO is a form of AI that is seemingly sentient. It knows the consequences of, it act- of its actions. It fears the outcome of certain situations, oh, but God, it'll go against fear. its own programming for things as arbitrary as peer pressure. So <laughs> are we going to see machines that are victim to peer pressure eventually? See, that I think that's just more, uh, that's I more think irresponsible I, programming because he was programmed by a child. I'm coming, yeah, I'm coming from a different sense. But Austin, you do have a point. He was programmed by a child. And in the example where you had where you made a cleaning robot that helped Austin – I don't think that it's going to be like Ry Morrison down the road made a new robot. Isn't this cool? It needs to teach things like there's no way just like a regular Joe Schmo like you and I are going to be the first person to make an AI. I think it's either going to come in the form of like 
a, a mega corporation that creates it or a government that creates it. And I think they're going to have control over who gets to make what at that point. And I right. think that I, I entirely disagree on that. I think that the 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 true the truly scary AI, the ones that are completely just as quick to, you know, self-learning and being self-aware as possible are going to be privately made by by who the hell knows guy in his garage. Kind of like what we saw with cloning when that ran rampant, that there was all these private science labs doing crazy stuff with it while the bigger corporations were the ones facing government regulation and rules and checks. Uh, not that Apple or Google or any of the above give a shit what the government says anymore. They, they all very adamantly kind of do what they want. I still think that – I mean we've already seen it. There was a uh, robot very recently that passed the self-aware test that only humans are supposed to be able to pass. Uh, it's been used a long time to test machines to show oh, that yes, they the void comp procedure. Yeah. So basically what it was, was they he had three robots sitting there. He told all three robots that he gave two of them a dumbing pill that wouldn't let them speak. And then he asked the first robot, excuse me, which pill did I give you? And the robot stood up and said, I do not know. And then immediately said, well, actually, now that I have the ability to answer you, I know that I did not get the dumbing pill. And that is I don't I'm not a scientist. I don't understand why that proves self-awareness like it does. But they assure oh, me it does. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can see why you'd be confused. I mean, I, I am also confused about how that would prove it. But, I, you know, I can, I can see how it's confusing because the idea that, uh, that something can check its own uh, ability to do things, that does not automatically make it sentient. Or uh, it, it doesn't prove sentience because you can teach a computer program just to check to see if the my, – my computer knows if my Wi-Fi card's not working. That doesn't make it sentient. Right. But so what they're saying in this article anyway is basically that this robot was able to distinguish itself from the other robots. And it, it, it recognized itself as an individual different being than everyone else around it. And that is something that only humans are supposed to be able to do. And here we have a robot doing it. Now, that's only going to get more sophisticated and more amazing as time goes on. And I really think that it's it's a matter of years. We're looking at very complicated AI, not a matter of decades. Well, a lot of the in the research I was doing for this is they're saying that robots should be able to achieve human level intelligence by the year 2029, which is 11 years away. And that's, so that's terrifyingly soon, but very possible. I I think we're going to have robot best friends sooner than later, uh, which thank Christ. <laughs> I, I do think you have a point there, though, is I think the, the gateway to ethics and morality in AI, it will probably come from it being able to recognize what it's capable of. Like you just explained, where it, it, I can do this, but I can't do that. So I think that's that's a I think that would be a good gateway into like, oh, if I can do this, I can't do that. Maybe it's I'm able to do this, but should not do that. Would be the next step. I, I mean, it's it's silly, but it really is scary because if you think about it, the easiest way to keep Austin's house clean is to remove Austin, and yeah. that's not even a knock at Austin. That's true of any human. We. It's hard, though, because the biggest problem for programmers is to think about every one of those possibilities. Maybe it's maybe we put in code that says don't hurt humans and it says, OK, I will imprison them. And then we say, well, don't imprison them. And it says, OK, we will confine them only to this one space. Well, don't do that. It says, OK, well, then I'll put it in the car and drive it to another house. And, you know, <laughs> at, at some point you can't possibly think of all the things it can do 
to remove Austin from the picture well, we without have to include the uh, the classic Isaac Asimov's like law of the three laws of robotics and which, that step one which, which we'll run robot. through quickly a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm a robot must obey orders given it by humans except where or, uh, such orders would conflict with the first law and a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law which of course does you know cr- put put AI at the bottom of the rung, uh, you know, well under humans as far as who's to be prioritized. Well, and that's a great segue, again, because at some point, doesn't that have to be reconsidered? At some point, don't we have to, if we're going to say robots are, re- are self-aware and potentially even responsible for their own decisions, then we need to legally classify robots as a being, as some kind of private individual, that the same way we do with humans and some kinds of corporations. And I think we need to... Prepare for the idea that if you do that, you also arguably then have to give them rights and protections. And you can't say, hey, robot, go be a human shield for that human. At at some point now, the robot is also kind of a human. Right, because if you're giving them civic, you know, civil liberties and civil responsibilities, then you can't, the the ability to, the fact that they would have to listen to human orders is uh, infringing on their, on their rights. Did either one of you play uh, Nier Automata? No. No. Yeah. amazingly beautiful game, truly unique story, truly unique gameplay. Highly recommend it. I hear you played uh, twice. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's one it's a new game plus kind of deal, but it's really just like you're playing a sequel to the game. I won't give any spoilers away, but it's it's uh I'm not a replayability kind of guy. And once I beat a game, that's it forever usually. Uh but this I've I've had not a an, an moment of boredom playing it through the second time. And uh it's a really interesting game that's kind of about all of this. You know, it's it you play an android protecting humans and robots are the bad guys. And there's this hierarchy where these oh, androids it's like Mega Man. Yeah, I mean it it kind of is, I guess. But the <laughs> androids consider themselves these like great beings and the robots are these like mindless robot machines, but it's been thousands of years and the robots are learning and teaching themselves and getting their own society and and whether and then the androids are just saying, well, they don't count. They're just mimicking society. They don't really know what's up. But eventually, doesn't that become real in in and of itself? And the game's really about that. Where does life start and stop? And I think it's a, it's a super interesting supplement to this week's episode, boys and girls. No wonder you wanted to talk about this when episode. indeed will the n- robots know what is up. One interesting aside of the game is it's so difficult and it's it doesn't have autosave. That I put it on hard because I usually just play games on hard. And I got like 45 minutes into the game. And the opening cutscene, like the very opening line, is something along the lines of uh, what is life? What is death? We're stuck in this endless cycle between both worlds. I, I curse the god who trapped us in this rotation. And I got like 45 minutes into it, into this impossibly difficult fight and died. And then you start over again with that line. And I, I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You you die and now you're going through this a second time. You're in some kind of trap. And I uh, that's not true. I just died and I didn't realize it. <laughs> but it's wow. uh, so, yeah, it takes about 45 minutes to get to the first save point. So just remember that. <laughs> Austin's played Dark Souls one, two and three. I'm sure he knows wh- how long it takes to get to certain save points. Yeah. Well, this this game's a good game, though. So it's pretty yeah. different. Uh-huh. Than- oh, <laughs> snap. Hey everybody, this week our sponsor is 4hims.com, a new wellness brand for men. 
guys, is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by age 35? The thing is, when you notice hair loss, it's already too late. It makes sense that it's easier to keep the hair you have than replace what you lost. That's why you should check out 4hims.com slash robot. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness for men. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. Save hours by going to 4hims.com slash robot. I know that I don't want to use snake oil pills or gas station counters supplements, I want to use science. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash robot. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash R-O-B-O-T. 4hims.com slash robot. problems with cars uh on march 23rd a tesla vehicle that was in autopilot mode uh was part of a fatal car crash in california and uh it it was it was a whole mess the the driver didn't have his hands on the uh, on the wheel for six seconds and the car crashed into a concrete wall yeah but unfortunately it's not like in the movie like irobot with will smith where you just sit back and let the like the car drive for you the autopilot feature is supposed to be like a driver assistance type deal. It's not like Google's like Google Maps car where it's completely uh, self-driven. It's it's supposed to just help you not get into accidents. Ah, it's a, it's an assistant. It's, Correct. It's like, but, it's like your phone. Your phone is an assistant, but it's not supposed to be you. Correct. Sure, but in the same week, we saw Uber's self-driving car kill someone. Watching the video, to be fair... The person was absolutely running across the highway jaywalking and, and with a bike who was not, wrong. Not there. looking. Yeah, right. It was uh, it, it's unfortunate Uber has to scrap that program because there's a I mean, I think every study in the world has shown that self-driving cars are infinitely safer and will reduce casualties and everything else uh, if, if we implement them. Neither here nor there. What is interesting, though, is self-driving cars are one of the only form of automation or, or, or artificial intelligence that has been regulated by the states. We've seen 41 states and Washington, D.C. since 2012 come out with some kind of regulation about. You have to think there's lobbyist money behind this because this is very unlike our legislators to be yes. so prepared for something. There has but, to be money behind it. 100 percent. But what but what another interesting side note, because we, we somebody mentioned this last time we brought it up, why I said the number of states and Washington, D.C., uh, some of our foreign listeners are unaware that Washington, D.C. is not either a state or a part of a state. It's it's its own thing. We have 50 states plus Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is not part of any state. It is not one of the states. It is a kind of forgotten it's a tiny little city state. <laughs> I like forgotten shithole. But yeah, wow. either way, so all of our European listeners or whoever was tweeting at me about that. Now, now, you know. And knowing it's half the, the more you know, the more you know. So what does that mean for the other nine states, though? So does that mean you could just have whatever robotic cars you want on the road? Well, keep in mind, those 41 states that introduced legislation, that doesn't mean that the legislation has passed. It also doesn't mean the legislation actually covers anything. Uh, most of the legislation basically just says if you have an auto driving car, you need an obscene amount of insurance. You need to ask for a test of it. For example, New York's law says if you want to test an auto driving car in New York, you need to get permission from us. That's basically the extent of the law. Not really a lot there, except, yeah, it says you can't do it there. And if you want to, you have to ask. That's good, but it's probably what it would default to in other states, too. What's yeah, more interesting. That's exactly. What's more interesting is the other states where the 
the law says that you are that you have to be ready to stop the car as the driver. So if you're driving and the the automated car is about to hit something, it's on you, the driver, to hit the brake and figure it out. That removes the purpose of the auto driving car and it kind of puts the liability and the blame squarely on the person's head. But like I said, this is what the legislators have to figure out and do without saying that if an auto driving car hits somebody who's liable. Well, those states basically are just saying doesn't matter. The driver is whoever the driver is. In yeah, the car. Well, that would yeah, just you're an idiot. Re- why do you have an auto really- driving car? It's explain why there's so much lobbying in there because of course the com- companies are going to pay off the politicians and be like no 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 don't make sure it's their fault we don't want to be liable for this shit or the way around who wants to buy a car that you have to pay attention to and you're liable for i i, I more for yeah i'm curious to see what happens with the person you know quote unquote driving the uber self-driving car yeah you're, you're right though like why would why would somebody want to purchase a car like spend all that money and then use all the spend all that insurance money for a car that they're going to end up being liable for anyway right and the the insurance limits that you need, you know, for example, on most cars, most people have a hundred to five hundred thousand dollars in personal liability coverage. Uh, Self driving cars in in a lot of states, New York, for example, requires five million dollars in insurance as a base. Uh, that's you drive into a computer data bank. I wonder what that monthly payment is. Yeah, exactly. It's quite a bit more expensive. I mean, it's it's quite a bit more. So that that's a prohibitive it's cost. Like it's supposed, cost of... Yeah, it's almost like it's <laughs> supposed to discourage people from using it. Well, in regards to the future of artificial intelligence, and it, it's interesting to think how certain countries, namely the United States and China, are going to shape this. China specifically, in the summer of 2017, stated their plan to become the worldwide leader in artificial intelligence and to create an industry worth $150 billion to their economy. That's a, that's a nice goal. It's a very nice goal. Unfortunately, the United States doesn't have a, a stated plan at this current time. So even though we we're current... Have, we don't have to just you know address everything that China addresses. Yeah, but we should also try to be a little more proactive as opposed to reactive you would think well i think our entire country has proven that we're giving up on science and engineers and anything worthwhile Listen, but the u.s is still the current leader in regards to experienced workers and scientists patents and financial investments china has stated that they're planning to build a two billion dollar tech park in the suburbs of beijing which i didn't mean? even so they want to they want to build a, a theme park with with technology I, originally i thought that too but i think it's they're going to try to create their own like beijing silicon valley Oh, yeah, I, I, I also mean, thought it was going to be a, a like a welcome to AI land. Now I'm thinking of a tra- of a trailer park that's filled with like nerds from Silicon Valley. The, well, the, I think the, it's going to be show. a little bit of both. I mean, it, China's absolutely teching up, as is a lot of other parts of the world, uh, while we are kind of dumbing ourselves down. And, and it's been a problem even before the current presidency or anything for anyone blaming that. I mean, we've had a problem here where all engineers are quitting engineering school and going to business school because it's more lucrative. Uh, our science programs have been being cut for years and decades now. And Researchers make about forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, look and, at and look with, at with uh, PhDs. Look at what Elon Musk is doing versus what NASA is doing, because NASA doesn't have proper funding or anything like that. Uh, you know, but meanwhile, our country is spending millions and millions of dollars on every possible facet for war. It's it's just not a winning combination. Yeah, well, it's it's a good short term combo. But as I know from playing in Stellaris, a uh, fantastic sci-fi game, uh, if you focus on research and your infrastructure, that's how you win the long game. But you have to be worried about the other nations in the area uh, that you know that focus on short term war goals because they can screw you over. Sure. Uh, but but so... you can't research the artificial intelligence stuff without giving giving sentience rights because eventually there might be a machine revolt. And if you're one of those uh, those powers that 
didn't give their their artificial intelligence people uh, civic rights, then they're going to uh, revolt on you too. Well, there you go. Stellaris figured it out already. But but in all yeah. seriousness, I mean, China and other parts of the world are going to blow by us here in America in, in no time, and well, the, we should be worried part, about that. The weird part about that is, is like you said, Morris, we're, we're investing so much money, and Trump, and this is not making fun of he's specifically stated that he wants to increase military spending, but meanwhile – in China, the the lines between civilian and military investments and funding have blurred together. So AI developments in both the public and private sectors are both growing as well. So we're we're almost purposely sticking our head in the sand when it comes to AI, but still funding traditional military ventures, which is crazy to think He's about. He's trying to bring coal back. We don't need to we don't need to have an entire episode on on how our country is technologically fucked. We know, but. It's it's uh it it's unfortunate. It's starting to think that if if China is going to invest in like private companies AI, they're also going to invest in militaristic AI. Yeah, I think that most AI advancements and most science advancements come through military spending, and if not, well, look at the internet. Usually, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, look at the internet. It's it was developed by the military, and there's yep. that's true of most things. And Consumer most things electronics, we get them about ten years after the military's had them. And most most things that are cool that are created in the private sector are weaponized pretty quickly. So we're you know the military is always going to have its hand on everything. Well, that's, that's a dope self-driving car. Can it also mount a rocket launcher? Well, look at drones. I mean, how long before drones replace our military in almost every capacity? It turned instead of it being, you know, drone, drone strikes like we know and love them today. You can just put 100 mini drones in there with with Uzis and send them into caves. You know, that's why risk our human soldiers lives that way. And it's that's what we're looking at. But that said, that dehumanizes war. And that's a real problem. And unless they're also killing robots. If so you're saying you want real people drones. to die in war to make it matter? I'm saying war when one side of the war has no humans, it becomes a lot easier to just kill without commit, any commit, regard. Commit acts of atro- uh, atrocities. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's certainly not a good idea. And I, you know, I'm I'm obviously a bleeding heart liberal through and through, it's, but it, it's because you're take it's because you're taking any human conscience off of the field. In order to get out of that dark future, just to give you some more information, but that's about... all part of AI. I mean, if we have computers yes, it, determining who's okay to kill, and we say you're soldier, you're a soldier now, AI. Go figure out which is the bad guy and which is the good guy. Where's the lines there? You know, is it just because people live in that country, they're dead? Is there an age limit that the the robot has to figure out? Yeah, it's, what if the greatest source of death is the country that gave the AI its orders? Then what? Skynet. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're moving in that direction very quickly. But and that's you what can I'm saying. see it's, with Facebook that the privacy stuff, everyone's in up in arms about it. You have no right to be upset with Facebook. You've all been agreeing to this stuff forever. You've been accepting not every, part every of it. single thing saying, yes, please troll my whole URL browser. I want to use your service. Please use everything. They could put anything in those in those user agreements. And until it popped up on an article on Facebook that said, like, oh, look at what Facebook's doing. Oh, guess what happened? Uh, then, you know, people wouldn't notice because everyone just agrees because they want to use a service. Everyone but that's knows. not 100% true either. Is Facebook came pre-installed on my Samsung Android phone, and with that program pre-installed that I had no say in the matter, it has you also... no say in the matter because you you decided to purchase that Samsung phone. Yeah, which already gave you right. a list of apps that were on it, I, and you knew Facebook was Facebook there. Facebook the AOK to yes, data mine my text yes, and phone? Yes, you did, because when you agreed to the Samsung terms of service, you agreed to all Android 
ancillary terms of services, and you Which agreed to the privacy policy for Facebook. I hate lawyers, and I'm going to go break my phone. Every time you <laughs> sign up for Spotify or the million other apps that use Facebook as your login, all Facebook's doing is putting all that information together. Your dating app that you log in through Facebook, your music you log in through Facebook, your your shopping websites, all, all of a sudden Facebook has all that information, and yeah, they're making a profile on you, and they, yeah, they're selling it, and you're all idiots. I hate all of you. Can we just Let's be honest here? Can we not talk about my dating app, my wife sleeping, please? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about AI in media. Uh, Blade Runner is an awesome example of a world where artificially produced humanoids, also called replicants, uh, they they they're created to do things like interstellar mining and warfare, and they experience existential crises because they're taught to be human because they're supposed to take the place of humans, but they're not given the rights to be human, so they go nuts. Uh, well, I, I was reading when we were doing this article that. Uh, Humans would eventually create AI to do certain things, uh, and specifically the three Ds, which would be dirty, dull, and dangerous. And Blade Runner, that that mining in space sounds like it would cover all three. Yeah, although actually mining in space is probably not dull. I I wouldn't know. I'm not an inter interstellar space miner, but okay. But it is weird that they would let them be completely fully aware because, yeah, why wouldn't you have an existential crisis? These robots only last seven years and you're taught that, like, hey, you're human, but you're not and you're not going to get any rights and you have to work for us in space for seven years and then you die. Well, I can see why they would make them like humans, because if we look at other examples, like let's look at the clones in Star Wars, they don't have initiative. The different tiers of clones have different uh, like, like cognitive abilities and the base level ones, like which are what you would think of as like robots, they, they, they can't really take initiative. They need orders like they're, they're, they're people and they can care about their own survival. But once it gets into like higher thinking and putting things together, like intellectually, they can't do it. So, Which and, also and opens would, up yeah. its own can of worms because, I mean, it's not really – is it artificial intelligence if you clone someone to be somewhat like you but not fully? We don't have to go into cloning because it's it's not artificial intelligence, but it, it is it, – it, it's biological stuff. Whereas uh, with that, you're creating a person that might be stunted in a way, whereas with artificial intelligence, you're creating an intelligence from nothing. You're, uh, you're creating it from, from programming. You're, 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 it's a systemic building of reactions, and that's, and that's the idea. It's like, oh, is that, is that really a person, or is it just a robot that looks like a person that we've programmed all of these reactions to things? Like, oh, if you're, gonna, you're supposed to be sad if I say something mean to you. But, oh, that's not, that's not really a person. That's not really artificial intelligence. That's just what we programmed it to do, and it's, and it's these, these mounting series of reactions. So the question is, when does that become sentient? When does that count as a person, or when is it just a whole bunch of series of reactions to things that we programmed it to do? Well, that's – I mean I don't want to be the whoa dude guy, but it's like isn't, – isn't that what humans are? It's just when you create a child, you create something out of nothing. And I, yeah, ah, yes, so we being, know we're sentient. But uh, that's what I'm saying. If you made a, a, a clone, like that's a that's biological material. Yeah, you're putting it in a test tube and making it out of someone, but that's still a – it's still it, – it grows old and it dies. Just like in Blade oh, Runner, right. the replicants grow old and they die. You, everybody thinks of AI as like, oh, it's a robot that's going to live on forever. It's weird to think about if, if something has a beginning, middle, and end because then it humanizes it. Uh, that's true because that means that it can't exist forever and it makes us – yes, it humanizes it. Yeah, or if we created AIs that specifically had human lifespans or or or, or had a, like a termination date, like how that would affect their thinking, let alone – Oh, like, you mean the artificial intelligence is thinking? Yeah. Well, no, just but also our own. 
is would we be more accepting of a of a of a robot that lived as long as we did or like would, would do you think you would be more or less biased because of that depends and also, if they're on the cloud like are they part of the common collective thought that is the network or are they when they're destroyed they're destroyed or are they destroyed and you upload their being to another carbon copy body well, well that, know, the thing with that is that it gives them a sense of immortality, which takes them further away from humans. Well, that's also why – Maybe not, go- though, because it's the same reason I won't teleport. If you put my exact consciousness in another body, I think I died and you made a new one. What's to stop a robot from feeling exactly the same way about their shell? Or their ghosts in the shell. Oh, my God. He did it. Just give him – give we're, him, having, him. we're having a good conversation. Give, give, give him the W on that one. <laughs> Well, so just since we are doing the topic we did in the first episode, but doing it obviously a lot different and better, uh, we'll bring it back to people who may not have been here for that. Austin promised to sneak in a Ghost in the Shell reference to every single episode of Robot Congress. He definitely hasn't been late. I have late, failed. But I, you, uh, hey, you can I'm start sorry. it with this episode. <laughs> we have way more listeners now, and they can all judge you every time you do it. Yes, yes. All right, so let's talk about if if we ha- if we create artificial intelligence with the ability to take responsibility for their own errors. Like if 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 an AI kills somebody and we and we put that AI on trial and there is termination involved or punishment involved, then we in turn have to give it civil uh, civil liberties, right? We have to we have to let it govern itself if we are saying that it can be punished itself. Which is something that that Blade Runner doesn't go over is that these robots were able to to be killed off if they didn't follow their orders, just like if a human being decides to break the laws, they can be killed. Uh, But they never touch on the fact that what if this replicant wanted to make more replicants of itself? Ah, yeah. So if they wanted to reproduce, if uh, should AI be permitted to reproduce and and if they are. How are humans not going to be screwed over by the ability of artificial intelligence to reproduce, to, to make more of themselves? And what's because... interesting, so it's what's really cool with this stuff is if you go and read, and if you Google around, there's an endless array of articles on this stuff or, or, or uh, writings, both academic and, and legal. Uh, what all of the academic writings seem to not understand is, unfortunately, none of these issues are – exclusive none of these issues are decided and don't affect every single other issue uh because legally we have to determine a lot of things and each little determination do robots have the ability to drive their own cars yes or no okay well if you say yes or no in either direction you've answered 600 other questions too because now they have legal rights or legal permissions or we've granted them authority on one thing ever which means now we can for all this other stuff and if is we that say, because, like, if if they can drive, then they have to be able to pump their own gas, which means they have to be able to make their own purchase. Not even that. If you're if you're decide if we start with, hey, can can uh, AI reproduce? Let's say we just create an Alexa that's so smart and it wants to create its own baby Alexa on the cloud somewhere or that whatever. That sounds great. Make more Alexas. Can you make better Alexas? Or let's even be less ridiculous about it and just say your Alexa in your kitchen, you you keep sending your shopping list to it, and it decides on its own that it's going to reproduce all of its information on the cloud without your permission. But it knows it's best for you. It knows it's going to help you, and it's going to do it. to serve you. Yeah, so is that's technically reproducing. It's creating another Alexa that's going to have all these different thoughts. It's not just... Oh, and by the way... This is not a ridiculous thing because we already do this with consumer purchases and advertising. 
Right. But this this would be more along the lines of them doing it themselves and creating another entity that it doesn't even really necessarily have control over. So that that doesn't necessarily happen. But regardless, let's say that did happen. And we said, OK, that's cool. We as a society think that's helpful. Uh, we're going to let Alexa do that. And who cares? Uh, it's not who cares, because now you've who you've. Cares? Yeah. Well, but but it's it can't be so willy nilly as we decide these things, because now we've accepted. No, you almost have to recreate society for a new class of being. So, yeah, well, it wouldn't well, make but, sense. But, but, yeah. But you have to also even before that, you're saying you're now acknowledging it as a separate entity from the one on the cloud. You're saying that these are now two separate entities with two separate you know, ideas and personalities or whatever. And two different identica- uh, identifications. Exactly. And the second you say that this AI is its own protected thing, its own legal entity, now you have to give it, you have to give it credence to a lot more conversations. You have to say, all right, well, can it vote? Does it have free speech? If it's an American AI versus a UK AI, which defamation law do we use when it tweets out something on its own? Uh, you can look at the AI chatbots that were created by Microsoft. Okay, it, it, the, the teen girl AI bot that they made was shut down within a day because it turned into a Nazi-loving sex robot. Uh, you know, there's just – there's no safe space on the internet, and these things are going to oh, learn. God, no. Well, but that's what these things will learn. Well, that's what I was saying, though. You almost have to create a, 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 a new – like level of government for a new species of uh, uh, like it's almost like meeting a new species like do, what rights do they have if they have rights to drive a car do they have rights to have a kid if they have rights to have a kid do they have a right to vote like you it, you you have well there's so many ramifications like like the just like the ability to drive a car to buy gas which means that you have to buy, that you have the ability to buy something which means that you have the ability to make contracts uh, it, that that's just a Right. That whole if you breach that, that contract, who's in trouble? Your owner? Do you are you allowed to have an owner? Is that an, a breach of the slavery amendment? You know, there's a million different things that that come into play then, and it's it's uh you know we have communities like the alt right who are absolutely terrible humans, even though some of them follow me on Twitter and please just fuck off. And then we have oh people who are are you know Republicans, and then we have uh incel the incel group on reddit do you are you guys familiar i don't know what that is it's the uh voluntary and uh, involuntary celibacy right that think that what they should all just be able to you know murder women basically they they write posts about bragging about stalking women and and it's it's disgusting but those are the kind of people that live on the internet in such a capacity that they are the ones that are going to have a lot of influence over our chatbots and future ais and things like that and we need to safeguard them from even that stuff there, there was a fantastic episode of the X Files, which, which just it hits so many buttons with this. It, it opened with them giving the example of the chatbot, and basically the episode was, oh, we have to teach AI better. They basically can't be exposed to unfiltered internet because just trolls are rampant. And the idea is that we have to behave ourselves better because we're the examples to these artificial intelligences. They're not going to school unless we create a cloud school. Well, no, but it's 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 true. It's it's going to be weird how these robots will learn from us. I mean, to touch on more fiction, and I mean, really, that's all we can go off of right now. It, I mean, look at Avengers two, like it or hate it. It was a movie, and it was about a an AI called Ultron that Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, created, and it was created to create quote peace in our time. But what Ultron does is he goes through the history of Tony Stark himself. Tony Stark built his industry on on his father on the shoulders of his father, who was a not a war profiteer, but he did he d- 
did sell weapons to the military. So he goes through Tony Stark's history and he's like, okay, well, the best way to save humanity is to take it over and destroy them. And it, like Austin said, it, it, we have to set a good example if, if, if in this case, like an Ultron shows up and it's like, well, how should I proceed? And if it goes through and sees all this hateful shit on the Internet, imagine if it just soaked it up like a sponge, except now instead of just being a sponge or one kid on the Internet, it's a globe spanning artificial intelligence that has access to a crazy amount of weaponry, which is weird. You know to I, I don't think it would kill everybody. I think it would just destroy the Internet. Because that internet anonymity, anonymity, people, <laughs> anonymity. It's it's an it's an anemone uh, that makes people so awful. Because but that, I okay, don't I don't think that's true at all. I mean, the KKK existed before the internet. It still does. Yeah, I, I don't think that's them. true either. I think what the internet, the internet is is a really powerful thing that I thought was going to remove a lot of the the negativities of the poor education system that a lot of states here have and a lot of just communities that don't teach their kids well. I thought the internet was going to be a tool for all of them to go on and say, oh, wow, look at all this information. Now we're all smart. And no. unfortunately, it's been the opposite. It's it's an echo chamber no matter where you want to go. Even for us, you go on to these different communities. You only look at the things you like. You look at the, the news stories that regurgitate what you already believe or want to hear. And it's really unfortunate because that's not what the Internet should be, but it is what the Internet is. And until those things change, the Internet is only going to get worse. We do have to keep in mind that we can't give artificial intelligence like one single cloud that lets them sync up because then that means that they're not. How are you really going to stop that, though? But that's also what to get back to the C-3PO thing is like that was create C-3PO was created in 1977 when there wasn't a thing called Wi-Fi. What's to stop an AI from jacking into the entire Internet and downloading it in, in the course of a couple hours or a couple days or a couple weeks? You won't be able to prevent it from learning everything. It just will be able to do that. And no, I'm just saying that you can't really treat an individual AI as as an individual if it is simultaneously downloading and uploading with all other AI, if they have it, because that's essentially a single experience, a single consciousness, they wouldn't be a single person. And not that's, that's be, not yeah. true, though, because just because it has access to all the same information doesn't mean it's processing it the same way. Yeah, it, it, I got to agree even, with Morrison. Even just the order in which it learns things, it'll change things. If you go to the NCAA website before the Ku Klux Klan website, it'll have very different options and vice versa. And I think that's just going to be reality is is maybe these personalities are created by how they by the order of how they learn yeah it's, and also you, you'll think that you are thinking that this ai will always permanently just be a sponge that's constantly learning but eventually it will just like a human being if that's really what it's going to try to attain or surpasses it's going to have its own opinion so i mean if every human was given access to everything which apparently right now we do we give access to every corner of the internet but yet people still have opinions about things we don't agree we're not on aware every of it all but you can be. You have the yeah, it's there. And what, what's to change a robot from not or an AI from not doing the same thing? Yeah, you have That's access to everything. But I, I've learned enough. You know, I'm good. I can. I want to go play Fortnite a, for two hours on. Yeah, the it's it's impossible <laughs> to reconcile everything on the internet. You can't possibly look at all of the quote unquote facts on the internet and come to a rational determination of what's real. So I think it's it's ridiculous to assume a robot would do that. No, that's a, no, that's a fair point. I guess I gave I gave automation, I gave I gave self-improving uh, artificial intelligence too much credit in thinking that it would want to have as much information as possible and make sure that that information. But why? But why? Because if it's truly self-assessing the information, at some point it's going to realize that a lot of what it's reading and seeing and doing is is toxic and untrue and ridiculous. 
and it'll just it'll, like be illogical not to just put it yeah, in robot and terms. Different but AI is going to have different thresholds for that. And it's going to say, you know, if, if you start at one website versus another, like I said, you might say like, wow, humans are ridiculous. I don't need to know any of this. I'm, I'm good with my basic math. And that's it. And others, <laughs> other robots might go in and, and see Wikipedia and go crazy. You don't you really don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, I, I guess yeah, them being able to synchronize is not necessarily going to lead to them being one uniform being. Yeah, I think long story short, uh, my throat is on fire. We've talked enough and welcome back, guys. I missed you. And you know what? This is definite. This definitely has tinges of the, our first artificial intelligence episode, although it has no mention of Futurama or the Fine Brothers. Hey, guys, we're happy to be back. Uh, thank you for listening. Once again, I am Austin Hoffman. With me was Ryan Morrison and Ryan O'Connor. You're talking like a robot. Are you an AI robot. now? You're an, he's, no, my God, Morrison, they've taken over. More. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Ryan Morrison. You may follow me on Twitter at Robot Austin. You, you can can't follow, follow me. Show at Robot underscore Congress. And yes, O'Connor doesn't use social media. That's why but the O'Connor AI won't get... does want you to like and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate us however you please. Rate us five uh, stars or don't rate us. Hashtag five stars only. Good night. Unless it's a yeah. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night. There we go. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> That was a headgum podcast. Speaking of robot Congress, I think that we're actually looking at a future where our robots might be in Congress, guys. I, are you hearing this? I was, I was say saying this to Austin, though. Is I, I'm like 90% upset about the fact that he said Space Force, but I'm also 10% intrigued. Yes, like, if, if we're too. really going to have a Fallout type universe where there's like. 1950s retro future but also we're all gonna blow up in the end he's the guy that can get this done <laughs> oh like my I, god like almost everybody dies some people get ghoulified i would you know? want to be ghouled so here's the problem is that you you might you might probably be the person that goes insane and, and you know and becomes a feral ghoul yeah i'm I, cool with that too you're cool with being, why would you be cool with being a feral ghoul? Because I would like to stay in subways underground and then scare <laughs> the guy 200 years from now and go, <sighs> and be like, oh, and then get your awesome. head blown off? Yeah. <laughs>